Yes, Lord, we thank you that you are faithful through the generations. And Lord, I thank you that we've already been hearing of that today and that our church is a testament of your faithfulness through the generations. But Lord, we also know through your word that you have been faithful long before Lifehouse even began. Lord, from the very beginning of time, you have shown yourself time and time again faithful. So Lord, help us to trust you. I know we can get so caught up in what's going on in our lives and our worlds that we can forget how, how big, how amazing, how, how faithful you are, Lord, that you have been around even before time began. Lord, will you help us to put our trust in you this morning? God, we thank you for what you're already doing and what you are going to do, Lord. We want to say that we are here for you that our ears are open to hear what you might be saying to us individually and to us as your church. So Lord, will you come and have your way? Will you speak and move and do what only you can do, Jesus? In your mighty name, amen. Amen. You may take your seat. Turn to somebody and say happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's good to see you. 33 years old. So cool. Yes, well, you might have seen from the, the screens before, there was a little snippet of, of me um, doing some, some awkward dancing. I've been coming here since I was two. So that's um, farewell now. I am 25 years old. I know, getting, getting up there now. <laughs> well, this morning we are starting a brand new series called Standing Strong. If you have eyes to see, you will have seen that. If you had ears to hear, you would have heard the announcements. Standing Strong. Um, and we're really excited. We're believing that this series is really going to stir or maybe begin a fire in our bellies to live our life. Not just in the next few days, not just in the next few weeks or years, but to live the rest of our lives for Jesus Christ, being on fire for Him, standing strong in our faith all the days of our lives. And it's been really encouraging just to see the history of the church and um, to see those who are still here today, like Bob Klusky, um, like Howard and Beryl, like Matt, Wherever he is, great offering. Oh, he's sneaking away. <laughs> he's still here though, so don't worry. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really inspired by you guys. I was just thinking about Howard and Beryl and how um, they have been so faithful to God. And you can still see when you have a conversation with them. You can see the fire of God, the sparkle in their eyes. You can hear that they are still just as in love with Jesus today as they were when they first found him when they first got saved by Jesus Christ. And um, Pastors Ray and Robin Betcher, the, the people who founded this church, if you don't know them, they're such an amazing couple. They were faithful in, in their um, outworking of what God had placed on their heart. They came to Murray Bridge, they planted Christian Family Centre, um, and they passed it on to, to Pastors Josh and Bell. But they didn't just leave it there and think, okay, we're just going to go caravanning for the rest of our lives. They decided, no, nah, we're going to make up the trip up to Port Hedland, um, all the way up the top of Australia, and they served and ministered at the church there. And even after that, 
they haven't finished. They're still ministering and um, supporting their son, Pastor Matt Betcher at um, Gulwa Vive Church. So they're just so inspirational to me. And I really, I want to be like that when I grow up. I do. I, I want to still have a sparkle in my eyes and a fire in my belly. I still want to be passionate and in love with Jesus when I'm 97 as I was when I was 17. I don't know about you, but I don't just want to start well. I want to finish well too. When I was a little girl, um, six years old to be precise, I was not a normal kid, definitely not normal. Whilst most kids who are about six years old today will be listening to uh, Coco Melon and Baby Shark, do, 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 do. Uh, when I was six years old, I was listening to classical music. I was listening to Mozart. <laughs> There's a clap for that, yes. And my favourite was The Four Seasons by Vivaldi. As a six-year-old, I was like, oh, this is just the best. We have a little snippet of that in case you've never heard this masterpiece before. It's great. It's weird, isn't it? Whoa, there's some excitement. Thanks, Peter. Um, how elegant, how sophisticated of a six-year-old to be listening to that. Um, my husband often pays me out for being posh. He says that, you know, he came from posh, posh home and this really does not help my cause here. Um, but I just really enjoyed it. And my mum noticed, like, this is a strange thing. Um, I think she thought, well, we must have a protege on our hands. And so she um, went out and she bought me a violin. Um, I noticed when I was listening, I'm like, yes, that instrument there, that's the one I like. And so, yeah, she bought me a violin. She signed me up for lessons and I was so excited. I was like, I am going to play Vivaldi. I am going to do it. I am going to be the best violinist there ever was. And um, I was so passionate and so excited and I would make, practice all the time, make sure I got to all my lessons. Um, but there was just one issue over the years um, and that's, uh, I never really progressed. Um, I kind of started strong, like I was passionate and I was excited and I was good for a six-year-old. Um, but I just, I just, I don't know, I just never really got any better. I mean, I tried really hard. I was still playing up until year nine, like going and doing lessons. I was even part of an Irish fiddle club. Uh-huh. <laughs> And um, somehow the church found out that I played violin and I remember a few of them got together and they said, all right, Tash, do you want to audition to be on the worship team? Um, if you don't believe me, ask Jacob Dawson because he was one of the, the panellists there. <laughs> and for some reason I said yes, I agreed to um, having an audition and um, I brought my violin and I played some squeaky song and... I just remember their faces, they really forced a smile. And they're like, yeah, you know, we'll, thanks for coming, we'll get back to you sometime. I still haven't heard back, so. Still waiting. I actually brought my violin just to prove to you how, I was tossing up, should I do this, should I not? You might need to hold the microphone. 
know how awful I really am. We might need to take this out of the live stream because my parents will feel sad. <laughs> Such a waste of money. What should I, Mark's actually a happy birthday, so here we go. <laughs> Happy birthday, Lifehouse. You deserve so much more than that. So now you understand, I am not joking. I am seriously bad. Uh, I was great as a six-year-old. If, if a six-year-old did that, you'd probably be like, you know, good job. Actually, I don't know if you would, but anyway. I've got an illustration of what happened to me. There's a, there's a picture here. This is what happened to me. It's what I look like today when it comes to my violin career. I started strong, um, but it uh, kind of went down the toilet. I did not end well. But this, you'll be pleased to know, you can get rid of that so we can stay focused. <laughs> this is not God's plan for us. Amen. As a church, meaning you and me, this is the church isn't just this physical building here. We are the church. It's the people. Um, we have started strong. And by the grace of God, we will continue strong until the day that he comes back to, to get us. We will finish strong. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't think that playing the violin was God's good work for me because it's not seen through to completion. You know, it wasn't just Pastor Ray's idea to start this church 33 years ago. If it was, well, I don't know, would we still be around? I'm not sure. It was God's idea. God put this church in Ray's and Robin's mind and Howard and Barrel's as well. It was a God idea that started this church and so therefore God saw it to fruition. You know, when you gave your life to Jesus, that wasn't just your great idea. Oh, hey, how would I get saved? How about my sins get wiped clean and I get to live all eternity with Jesus? That wasn't your idea. That was God's idea. God planted it. God brought it to fruition. And we trust that in Jesus Christ, he will see it through. He will bring it through. He will bring us through to completion that he will carry us. We want to start strong. We want to continue strong. And we want to finish strong. Let's read Ephesians 6, which is actually where this whole idea for the series came from. Verse 10 of Ephesians 6 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I think sometimes um, we might read it. Sometimes I act like it says, be strong in yourself. And in your measly little itty bitty power. It doesn't say that, does it? It says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Not ours, but his. 
Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Which Jaden read that verse this morning, which I thought was cool in communion. Therefore, it says, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Three times this verse talks about standing. It firstly says to take your stand. Then it says to stand your ground. And then lastly, it says after everything to stand, to remain standing, which we can also say to start strong, to continue strong and to finish strong. So we're going to have a look at these three things today. And the first one, take your stand, is from verse 11. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Whilst um, we were in Singapore a couple of weeks ago, we had the, the absolute blessing and privilege to go over there for a conference to go and see this, this church in Singapore. Um, we were doing a little bit of sightseeing as well. And um, we wanted to go up to this fancy hotel. It's called the Marina Bay Sands. And um, it's a really classic uh, hotel. Here it is here. Um, and at the top, that is known as the better looking cousin to Noah's Ark. It's the observation deck. And so we were like, let's get up to the top and let's have a look around. So we, we walk up to um, that one of the towers, I don't know, apparently it was the first tower. And we noticed as we started walking closer that everyone started to look a little bit richer and a little bit richer and um, we started to look a little bit more out of place. And um, when we were in, inside the, the tower, the uh, hotel, we, people definitely knew that we were outsiders. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of walked around and we're like, oh, is there someone we can talk to? We found someone and um, this lady, she, she looked us up and down. And um, she said, she started to explain to us, this is just Tower 1. Tower 2, the top, if you want to get to the top, that's like super exclusive and super fancy. Tower 3, that puts Tower 2 to shame. It's so amazing. Um, and she's like, you definitely don't even think about getting into those two um, because there's a dress code. And at this time, I'm pretty sure I was wearing Crocs and socks. <laughs> so I thought, well, it's probably not Crocs and socks. Um, so she pointed us to someone to go and t go to the top of the tower number one. And we walk up to this guy thinking we might have some luck. And um, again, he looks us up and down and then he looks at his wrist and he says, ah, looks like we're all full. And we thought, wow, that's amazing that he could tell that they're full from looking at his watch. It's a pretty fancy watch. And then... Michaela pointed out, because he'd said, just come back a bit later, um, Michaela was like, I think they're always going to be full when we rock up. Um, so we decided to leave. But that was a good experience, wasn't it? No? Have you ever been unprepared for the place that you found yourself? You know, God doesn't want us to be unprepared or unfit for battle. There is a battle that not just lies ahead. There is a battle that we are in right now. 
And he doesn't want us to walk away defeated like we did when we walked away from that hotel. He wants us to stand ready, equipped, covered, just as it's true that we have a saviour who looked at you and said, you are worth dying for. We have an enemy who's out there to kill, steal and destroy. And he is vying for you. There is a war going on. That is why Ephesians says that we need armour. We have been called this year, but also every year, to be strong and courageous. There is a battle that is going on that we are all in. And we don't want to be asleep to that. We don't want to be asleep to the fact that we have an enemy who is waging war for us. And that enemy, just might I add, is not our boss. It's not our angry neighbours. It's not our childhood bullies. It's not our in-laws. It's not people who don't believe the same things that we do. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says that our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, it says, put on the full armour of God. Um, Young Montana, I can say young now because I'm 25 years old, she had her 21st birthday recently, which was a cowboy-themed birthday. And um, I spent all morning trying to organise a really cool-looking cowboy outfit um, and we, well, for me and for Brock, and so we, we found one, we got it together, we packed it up and put it in a bag and then we, we went off to um, have a, a bit of a date, date night at the movies before Montana's birthday. And so we got out of the movies and we jumped in the car and we looked to the back seat to get changed and realised that we left the bag at home. We didn't have our clothes. We had them all prepared. They looked good, but nobody would have known because we weren't wearing them. The Bible says we need to put on the armour of God. There's no use just having it there. You know, oh, it looks good. It's nice and shiny and it works really well. No, there's no point unless you actually put it on, unless we actually wear it and are covered by it. God has given us his armour. It doesn't say put on your armour. It says put on his armour. He has given us the only covering that we will ever need to defeat death, to defeat the enemy And that is the blood of Jesus Christ. Accepting his sacrifice, his life for our sins, his grace, his redemption, that is our greatest armour. He paid the price. So all we need to do is accept, to graciously take it, to take our stand, to take of the salvation that he gives us. That is how we take our stand, knowing we wear the belt of truth, the the breastplate of righteousness, the boots of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. It's not too late to take your stand, to start strong. 2 Corinthians 6 says, today is the day of salvation. So first, if you haven't yet, we need to take our stand to start our journey with Jesus. And then we need to stand our ground. We need to continue strong. The next verse, um, verse 13 says, Therefore, 
Put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Notice, I'm sure you've noticed this before, it says when. Not if the day of evil comes, but when the day of evil comes. This is talking about when life just gets hard. When the rubber hits the road. And that usually happens straight away as soon as you've given your life to Jesus. It's not always a super smooth sailing thing. We can testify that that life gets hard. And most of our life, we actually spend it in this phase right here, in continuing strong, in, in taking Taking, what, what's the second one? Stand, standing our ground. Have you heard about the, the parable of the farmer who scatters his seed? It says that he takes this bag of seed and he throws it on some ground and it lands on four different types of soil. Some lands on a, a path that birds just come and eat it and doesn't grow at all. Some seed lands on rocky ground where it immediately it bursts up but it can't sustain itself and it dies. Some seed falls among the thorns and it grows, but then it gets choked out. But some seed falls on good soil and it produces a harvest. For the seeds landing on rocky ground and among the thorns, it wasn't hard for them to spring up and to take a stand and to, yes, you know, I believe in Jesus. But the thing that those seeds couldn't do was remain. They couldn't continue. They couldn't make it long term. Taking your stand is almost the easy part, but standing your ground is way harder. I had the privilege of um, studying a diploma of Christian ministry and theology through CRC College in 2016. And um, it made so many great friends, and a lot of them have gone on to be pastors in their churches. Some are um, leading um, well, one's on the exec of the national board leading the kids and youth and others are doing all sorts of cool things. But there's also a fair few people who aren't with Jesus anymore, that they aren't walking with him. And that really breaks my heart. One of the people in particular, I remember this one guy, he was like super bold, super... Um, full of faith, you know, he was the guy that you'd look at and think, yeah, he's going to go and do amazing stuff for God. He had this big booming voice. You would hear it above everyone else when we're having our, our prayer meetings. Um, and unfortunately, this guy is no longer walking with Jesus. And when I found that out, because he lives in a different state, I started to remember a couple of little things that he said that don't really seem important. Like, I didn't really think anything of it, but they just, they just came to mind when, you know, after, after college and after I found out that he's not with Jesus anymore. And um, One of them, he was saying that uh, when he's in worship, he sometimes finds that he's, 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 like, got his hands up in the air, but then he starts to, like, get a little bit bored and look around the room, and he said that he... He, he would look down and notice he's got a little piece of fluff on his jumper and he'd pick it off. Um, it's really small, really random, but I just, I just thought, well, that's strange. It stayed in my head. Um, another thing he said when we were in group time, um, yeah, we were sitting around and um, we were talking about... Uh, wait, what were we talking about? I need to read the notes. Oh, yeah, about our Bible reading. And um, he says that he's, he's really good and focused and he reads his Bible every single day. Um, he said, but 
when I have a day off, I usually take a day off from spending time with God as well. He's like, I don't mean to. It just happens. When I have a day off, I have a day off from, from spending time with God. You know, these were really subtle, really small things. And I'm not saying if you're not fully focused in worship or if you don't spend time with God every day that you're, you're not going to be a Christian. Like, who, like, we all get distracted. We all miss days with God. I'm not trying to say that. But they're just things that came to my mind, very small, almost meaningless things. But I just wondered, maybe, I wonder if these were some of the small things that this young guy experienced that were like these weeds, a sign that these weeds were starting to grow up and, and choke out this seed. Slowly I heard how he kind of stopped serving at church um, and he started going out drinking with his mates. Gradual small thing after small thing until like a snowball, life built up and he rolled right on by his faith in God. He chose to stand down rather than stand his ground. And I wonder if you've ever watched someone drift away from their faith. It's really sad. Like with my friend from college, I, I wondered if you've ever noticed that it feels like the enemy works really subtly, really, really subtly. It's like a really gradual thing. Ephesians 6 makes it sound super obvious. It's like when the day of evil comes. And it's like you think it's going to be flashing lights. Boom, boom, boom. Here is the day that you might give up your faith. Here is the day that you're going to be tempted and you're going to throw everything in the bin. But it kind of doesn't really happen like that. I think sometimes it is a, an instant thing. But it's not usually like you're following Jesus strong and then bam. One afternoon you just throw it all away or you get home from work and you suddenly decide you're going to be an alcoholic and drink the rest of your life away. It doesn't really happen like that. More often it's gradual. It's a gradual dropping in godly standards. It's a gradual gratification of the flesh, a gradual denial of the spirit, a gradual picking up of an offence and another offence another offence, a gradual yes to activities on a Sunday morning like sport or hanging out with friends or work. It's a gradual building up of an ungodly or dishonest relationship. It's a gradual habit of letting lewd images come through your eye gate. It's a gradual hardening of the heart. C.S. Lewis writes from the perspective of the enemy in the screw tape letters. And he says this quote Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. Your affectionate uncle, screw tape. You know, this is why the word says in Hebrews 2, verse 1. We must, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Because we aren't just here to take a stand, but to stand our ground. And after having done everything, to be found standing in Jesus Christ. 
which is our third point. After everything, stand. We don't just want to start strong. We want to continue strong. We want to finish strong. There's no point to starting strong and continuing strong if you're going to finish weak like I did on the violin. It's far better to start weak and finish strong, in fact. And Jesus explains this same thought in a parable about the obedience of two sons, Matthew 21. Jesus says, he calls his disciples, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go to work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later, he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Which one did what the father wanted? The one who started strong and finished flaky? Or the one who sort of started flaky but finished strong? This gives us hope. That even if you look back on your life and you recognise that you haven't been obedient to your heavenly Father, that you fell short of the life that God intended you to live, that you made wrong decisions, that you hurt other people or hurt yourself, we have hope that even if we started weak, we can finish strong by the grace of God. Who knows? Maybe you could look like this. Do you have the second picture there, Peter? You could look like that magnificent beast, guys. I'm kidding. You will look far more complete in Christ. There is wholeness. <laughs> when I was learning to drive, I was really horrific. Like I was seriously bad. So bad that I remember my driving instructor, she had an e-cigarette hanging out the side of her mouth. I was um, driving and I nearly drove into traffic and she kind of like mumble shouted, you're going to crucify yourself on the roads if you drive like this. And she kind of grabbed the steering wheel and pulled me back in and then she banned me from any more lessons uh, until I got better, which was very confusing because usually you have lessons to get better and I was kind of at a standstill like, well, if I can't learn to drive and I'm really bad at what am I? But somehow a miracle occurred. I got my license. I started driving and I have never been the cause of any accident. I've never run over someone or something that I shouldn't have. Um, but my husband, on the other hand, <laughs> he was having a little chat with his brother, Ethan, um, and they were kind of, it's like they were having a ping pong match. They were sharing all these things that they've done, like bashing their car over the top of a rock. Like they both ran over the same rock and busted their car. And then another one was like, oh, well, I knocked a wheelie bin over. And the other one was like, well, I, I opened my door into a pole. And then the other one was like, well, I skidded off a road. And then they were like, well, I ran through a, a giveaway sign. Um, they just, one after the other, like a ping pong. They was like, you know, I did all these, these things. And I felt pretty chuffed that I couldn't join in the ping pong. I was like, you know, I think I need to write to my driving instructor and tell her how good things have turned out. You know, that's what's important, right? It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Not the fact that I was the the worst student my driving instructor has ever seen, it was the fact that I'm now a safe, good driver. (laughs) Maybe better than Brock. (laughs) No, he is good. 
It is not how you start, but how you finish that really matters. We're going to read now what happens moments before Jesus reaches the finish line of his life on earth. In John 19, it says, After this, Jesus, knowing all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. You know, people right then, even most of the disciples, they thought, this is the end. Jesus' ministry, everything, his work, it's over, complete. He's in the grave. But you know, they were wrong. It was our sin that found its death. It was death itself that had been defeated. It is finished. Jesus cried in a loud voice in that moment, transferring his life to everyone that receives it and taking the sins of everyone who give it. Jesus did not finish weak. He finished strong. For although his death marked the end of sin and death, Jesus himself did not stay dead. Three days later, he rose again. And the next chapter of John says this, John 20, 19, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. After having done everything, Jesus stood so we can stand with him. Jesus rose so we can rise with him. Even if you recognise in your life that you have made weak, poor, bad decisions, even if right now you recognise that you're not going strong in Jesus Christ, it's okay because it's not about your strength and it's never been about your strength. It's about the grace of Jesus Christ. It's about His forgiveness and what He has done. The fact that He finished strong, that He rose from the death. We are strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, the same power that rose Him from the dead. We stand in that power. It is not our ability to muster the strength to make it through, you know, to to take a stand and to remain standing. And after everything, to stand. The moment we try and take our right standing before God into our own hands and our own strength, that's the moment where we're no longer standing. Remember Philippians 1 verse 6. I'm sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And Ephesians 2, 8 verse 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. It is a gift Jesus says, come, take, take and eat of my sacrifice, my body broken for you. 
Come and take your stand with me, daughters and sons. Come, stand. So this morning, let us take our stand. Stand our ground. And after everything, let us be found standing. Standing in the strength, standing in the grace of God. So will you join me on your feet and take a stand this morning? See what I did there? No. Right now, let us stand in the presence of God. Let us stand in His armour that He died to give us. Let us stand in His righteousness, clothed for the battle that we are in. Not in our strength, but in His strength. We praise God for the 33 years of Christian Family Centre and Lifehouse Church, Murray Bridge. We praise God and we thank Him for the next. But we don't want to just sit on the past, sit in the pride of the past. We want to stand our ground and we want to continue standing. We want to look forward to what lies ahead. The lives of the precious people in Murray Bridge who are yet to find Jesus. Those people who are yet to know their salvation, to take their stand in Christ, to fall at His feet and receive what He has given. We look forward to the future, to those who God is bringing in. And you know who He's using? He's using us. Us broken vessels, but not in our measly strength, in His mighty strength. Most of us, like I said before, today we find ourselves in the continuing strong stage. At some moment in time, you were awakened to the fact that Jesus died for you and you received his sacrifice, you gave your life to Jesus and decided from that point that you want to live your life for Him. But maybe you've noticed that you have been in some areas kind of drifting. You know, just a few of those things that you've noticed you've gradually been letting slip in into your life. It could just be a, a, a lack of time spent with God resulting in lack of passion and awareness and love of Him. Or maybe it's bad habit that you've picked up and you've just been, oh, that's okay, you know, you do it once, maybe feel bad, but then you keep going back to it and slowly it started to build up in you. This morning, I want to pray for you, wherever you might be standing. If you're feeling all good, you're feeling like, yep, I'm, I'm continuing strong, that's awesome. I praise God for that. But for those of us in this room who feel like, yeah, I just need an alignment from God right now. I want Him to fill me up with His strength again. I want to remember that I am standing in Him. I want to continue standing after everything. I want to be found standing in Him. Not in my strength, not in my ability, but in the grace of God. Why don't you close your eyes around this place and I want to pray for you. If you need to come before your heavenly Father again, to accept His grace, His love, His strength, 
I want to ask you right now just to reach out your hands in front of you as a sign that you're saying, I'm coming back before you, God. I'm coming back. I need your strength. I want to be standing strong. I don't want to be drifting. I need the reminder again of your grace, of your love. Father God, I pray for everyone right now who's reaching out to you, Lord, and I ask, Lord, let them know that your love has never faltered. There's a verse that says, even if we are faithless, God remains faithful. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that you have remained faithful for your children every day of their lives. On their worst day, their best day, you have loved them consistently. And I pray right now that you will shiny their eyes, Lord, that they will be able to see clearly your love, your purpose that you have for them. As Jaden shared this morning about Peter, let them understand even if they have fallen short, even if they have made mistakes, that's the whole point of you dying so that we can be made free from them, so that we can be seen as clean and whole to our Father's eyes. It was after Peter messed up that he was called into ministry. And I thank you, Lord, that our mess ups, our failures, our lack does not stop you from using us for your glory, to build your kingdom. So right now, Lord, will you help us to stand strong? And God, I pray for our church. I thank you for the 33 years of Lifehouse of Christian Family Centre Murray Bridge. We thank you for the people who have come in and found you. We thank you for the salvations, for the miracles, for the lives that have been changed forever, the names that have been written into the book of life, we thank you. But Lord, we know that there is more, that you will see through the good work that you have started in us and in our church to completion. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have chosen us here today to be a part of writing that future, Lord, to be a part of seeing more people, more precious people saved and transformed by your love and your grace by what you have done for us, Jesus. We thank you that you are not done with us. That is a word for us. We thank you, Lord, that you are not done. So we trust you with the future, Lord. The next 33 years and the next 33 years and the next and the next, Lord, we thank you that you are going to be faithful to us. In Jesus' name. And the last people I want to pray for, if you've never taken that stand, if you've never said, Jesus... I need you. I want you. I want to become a Christian. I want you in my life. I want to do life with you. I want to give you an opportunity now with with every eye closed to respond to Jesus, to take your stand, to say, yes, I want to become a Christian. Yes, I need your love and your forgiveness. If that's you right now, if you're watching on the live stream, just pop your hand up in the air as a sign between you and God, that you're saying, God, I need you. I can't make it myself. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, we pray right now for anyone who's given their life to you. We thank you, Father, that you have brought them here and that you've softened their heart. And Lord, right now, that you 
are starting, they are starting their journey with you. God, we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you did put your hand up or if you felt a little bit too shy to, we've got our connect point at the back for the end of the service. Come and have a chat with one of the team. We'd love to chat with you and pray with you. Other than that, we are going to sing. Um, I don't know which song you've chosen, but both of them at the beginning, I was like, these are going to be good. So let's sing. Let's proclaim. Let's stand strong in God. Amen.